Welcome to episode number 16 of Hold Fast, where we have biblical truths for daily battles. My name is Kenny. I'm the host of the podcast, and today I want to uh, address a question that um, I hear often, and it really boils down to this. It can be applied to a lot of different situations, but it's the question, how do I speak the truth in love? Now, in modern day times, that question is often asked in reference to things like homosexuality or transgenderism. How do I look at somebody that I love or just somebody that I'm having a conversation with and how how can I speak the truth to them in love? How do I balance those two things? Because they, they feel like polar opposites most of the time, right? I mean, it's like it feels like oil and water. Like I've either got to be truthful or I've got to be loving. And we even put people in this category sometimes where we go, that person's really loving. And a lot of times what we mean by that is they're just really accepting and they don't ever really want to rock the boat. Or we look at somebody else and we say, that person, they, they're pretty blunt. They'll tell you the truth. And we mean that they're not afraid to speak their mind. And sometimes they may even hurt some feelings with what they say. And for the Christian, we're commanded to speak the truth in love. We're commanded to be both. I mean, Jesus was and is full of grace and truth. He is the fullness of those two things. It's not like Jesus has moments where he's a little bit more grace-filled than he, than he is truthful or vice versa. He is both of those things perfectly all the time. The cross is the example of God's perfect justice and perfect love put on display, right? So justice and love, grace and truth, however you want to categorize these things, they do go together. But how is it, how do I look at somebody that I need to have a difficult conversation with and how do I speak the truth to them and yet have them know that I love them? Um, how can I do that? I was watching Vodi Bauckham in an interview recently where he was asked a similar question, and it was in reference to transgenderism, I believe. Somebody said, how do we speak the truth and love to the transgender community? And he paused for, for a moment, and he just looked, and he said, you speak the truth in love. And it was, you know, he was kind of, you know, trying to be a little bit funny, but at the same time, that that's it, right? Just speak the truth in love. I think that we've overcomplicated this some, some, to, to a degree. We are either um, so caught up in our passion for the truth that we forget to be grace-filled and humble in our presentation of it, or we, are so, uh, we desire so bad to show the other person that we love them and accept them that we're willing to waffle on the truth. But we can do both. Now, it's not easy to do both. Don't mistake what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I do believe it is simple. We're called to know the Word of God and to communicate it and to live by it and to, uh, to point other people to it. And at the same time, we are called to love one another uh, with Christ-like love. And I think that also boils into the conversation that I have all the time where we, we've got to ask ourselves, especially when it comes to love, what, what is love? You, you can't define love by your feelings for somebody else or even necessarily by their feelings towards you. You, you can't say, um, biblically speaking, you can't say that somebody is unloving just because you were offended by what they said. That, that's just not true because the truth does offend and the truth does divide, right? So the standard for love isn't, was somebody offended when I said this? So you can take somebody in the transgender community and you can show them God's design for uh, genders, male and female, the way that he designed human beings to live and function and flourish. You can present that truth to them in a loving way. And if they're offended by that, that does not mean necessarily that you were unloving. 
Now, it is possible to present the truth, per se, in an unloving way, but I don't believe you're presenting the fullness of truth at that point, because I don't think you can ultimately separate biblical truth from love or biblical love from truth. I think the two must go together, or else you are, um, you're not really being 100% truthful or 100% loving. Now, we're human, and we fail at this all the time. I'm not suggesting um, that somehow we can achieve this perfect balance all the time. We're, we all have tendencies to one side or the other. We, we do know people in our lives who tend a little bit more towards being harsh and unloving. We do know people in our lives who tend to be more willing to waffle on the truth for the sake of getting along and, and just going forward with life. We all know people like that, and we know our own tendencies in that. But let's not try to make it seem complicated. Let's not try to make it sound like it's impossible to speak the truth in love. Just because something is a difficult issue does not mean that you can't be truthful and loving at the very same time. I want to read a passage here from James. It's the very end of the book of James, which James, by the way, is one of the hardest letters in the New Testament to read because he just lays it out. I mean, he's like, you know, uh, you, can't have, uh, you can't have genuine faith apart from genuine works. They're going to go together. He talks about in chapter three that not many of you should become teachers because those who teach are going to be judged with greater strictness. He talks about not showing partiality. He talks about the fact that being selfish and, and self-serving is demonic. I mean, he's he has some pretty, what we would call harsh language. And yet, this is inspired, breathed out by God himself. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes, written by James, but this is the perfect and errant word of God. And I don't think any of us who believe that this is the authoritative, perfect, and errant word of God, I don't think any of us are going to say that any word of this is unloving because God is love. So when he breathes out his word to us, he is speaking in truth and love perfectly. So James, the letter of James is a perfect example that sometimes uh, sounding harsh and saying things in a really blunt way uh, does not necessarily mean that you're being unloving. And he says this at the end of the letter. This is something that we have to keep in mind. When you're asking the question, most of the time when you're asking the question, how do I present the truth and love to somebody? What you're really trying to say is, um, I, I really have something I feel like I need to say to this person from scripture, but I'm really afraid at how they're going to take it. And we're worried about their reaction to us. We're worried about losing the friendship. Those are good things to worry about. But here's what James says. When, when in reference to a brother or sister in Christ, a fellow Christian, somebody who claims to be a Christian, wandering from the truth. He says this in James chapter uh, 5, verses 19 and 20. Again, the very last two verses of this whole book. He says, My brothers, if anyone among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is what is often at stake. When we have a brother or sister in Christ who's wandering off into false teachings, who's wandering off into a lifestyle that's contrary to scripture, when they are straying from the truth and you turn them back, you're willing to chase them down and speak the truth in love no matter how uncomfortable it may be. And if, and if they turn back, you have saved their soul from death. You have, you, your love for them has covered a multitude of sins. That's where that, that phrase comes from in scripture, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. And James says, when you turn a sinner back from their error, when you call them back to repentance, you are covering a multitude of sins. So, so in other words, James is connecting, uh, speaking the truth in love here. He's saying, when you speak the truth and you call somebody back, you are loving them and love covers a multitude of sins. 
Scripture doesn't make a distinction that we often do. Sometimes we think of people as either being loving or being truthful, but Scripture calls us to both at the very same time and shows us that not only is it possible, but that we must think this way. And let me finally on this episode address the fact that um, I think that the church and Christians in recent years have really struggled with this because our idea of evangelism and discipleship is solely relational, which is great. I believe, I believe that's a good thing. Discipleship is a relational thing. Evangelism is a relational thing. I'm not trying to take away from that. But I think that sometimes in that approach, we can, we can begin to value the friendship and the relationship over the truth. And we can't ever do that in our lives. Um, I mean, you've, you've heard, probably heard this illustration before, but it's worth mentioning again. If our, our child is running out into the street and they want to run out into the street, we're going to snatch them back and it may be uncomfortable for them. They may not like it. They may be upset, but we are literally saving their lives. Nobody would say that you're being unloving in that moment, no matter how uncomfortable or offended your child may be by that. And yet... We've somehow got this idea that if, that if I offend somebody with the truth, then it just means that I'm not loving and Jesus calls me to be loving, so m- somehow I'm sinning. No, you're not. We're responsible for delivering the truth. We're not necessarily responsible for the results that come from that. So when you're called to speak the truth in love and you have those hard conversations to have, then, then step into that prayerfully and humbly. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you just go in guns blazing and whatever happens, happens and just leave a trail of offended people in your wake. I'm saying be faithful to the truth and especially if you've got a friend or a family member, somebody who claims to be a follower of Jesus and they're wandering off into a lifestyle or some false teaching that's contrary to scripture, you need to love them enough to take the truth to them. And, and, yeah, I mean, be, be humble and gracious about it. Sit down with them, ask questions, seek to hear their perspective, do all of those things. But at the end of the day, you still have a responsibility to actually proclaim the truth to them. What we can't do is watch our brothers and sisters in Christ wander off into sin and false teaching and just do nothing about it because we don't want to offend them and we want them to know that we love them. I don't think Personally, I don't believe that it's enough to just look at somebody who's wandering off into these things and say, hey, I just want you to know I love you and I'm here for you if you ever need to talk. You can do that, but I also think that at some point we have a responsibility to actually talk and to actually address the truth with them. Um, So I want to encourage you. Maybe you've got somebody in your life that you know that you need to have a hard conversation with um, and you've been dreading it and you don't wanna do it, you've been avoiding it, you've had opportunities to do it, but you just haven't felt like it's the right time, um, I wanna ask you to pray for God to open the door again for that conversation. And then I wanna ask you to have the courage to step into that. Um, I'm not promising you, I can't guarantee you that if you just had the perfect approach that that person's gonna respond and everything's gonna be great, they're gonna listen to you and agree with you, they may not. Um, They may be really offended by you, they may even at some point hate you, but Ultimately, we are here to not be people pleasers, but God pleasers. And, and James reminds us that if you chase them down and you speak the truth and they turn from their sin, you have saved their soul from death and you have covered a multitude of sins with your love. You have literally snatched them away from this life leading to more and more sin and destruction. And what could be more loving than that? I've asked this question several times recently, but I, I think it's worth 
reiterating here and asking you to, to consider here as well. Is it really loving to watch somebody wander into sin, to watch somebody live a life that, that you know is sinful and contrary to what God wants for them? Is it really loving to see them do that and to not say anything? Is it really loving to just ignore that and to sweep it under the rug? And for all of us who believe God's word and want to stand on the truth of, of who God is and want to love as Christ did, all of us, I think, would have to say, no, it's not loving. It's not loving to not say anything. Now, there are appropriate times. You need to, you need to find the right setting for this. You need to, to be prayerful and wise about how you approach this. But you also got to be courageous. And at some point, you have to step over the line and be willing to have that hard conversation. So all that having been said, I want to reiterate kind of where I started with all of this, uh, getting it from Vodi Bakum. How do I speak the truth in love? You speak the truth in love. And for Christians, we know the truth. We know the truth is God's word. So speak God's word, deliver God's word in love, with humility, with a passion for that person's soul and their relationship with Jesus, desiring that they be right with God more than your friendship be right, desiring for them that they have communion and fellowship with God more than you desire for them to not be offended by you. You speak the truth in love by simply speaking the truth in love and ask God to help you with that. Because apart from the Holy Spirit's help, we can't do this, right? We need the Holy Spirit in us because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We need all of those things as we seek to do this. So uh, I'm encouraging you, uh, if you've got somebody in your life that you know you need to have a conversation with, to do it. To, to, to text them, call them, uh, pray for God to give you an opportunity for that, um, but look for the chance that God gives you to speak the truth and love into their life and pray that God would use his word, not necessarily your words, but his word and his truth to transform them, to bring them back, to save their soul from death and to cover a multitude of sins in their life. So as always, thanks for listening. If you are watching this on YouTube, I would encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, so that you don't miss any of our videos. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, wherever you get podcasts, to subscribe, to give us a rating and review. It helps other people see it. If you're watching it on YouTube, leave a comment. Um, put questions in the comments. I see those comments and I want to respond to those. Um, I would love to, to have a conversation going in the comment section. I know these are short videos, short talks, um, but I would love to engage with you all, um, whatever comments or questions you may have in relation to this episode or others that I've done so far. If you got a suggestion for something you want me to talk about, as always, feel free to drop that in the comments section. Send me an email, kennyroberts at missionwaychurch.org. Um, but again, thanks for listening, and I'll be back next Monday with another video, another episode of Hold Fast. Hold Fast.